Words of wisdom are just words if you're not wise enough to take the wisdom. That's what today's show is about. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. It is Phil, and you are once again listening to The Lip. Today's episode is about words of wisdom. Yes, that little section that I end each show with, the words of wisdom. I've been doing this show almost two years now, and I've accumulated quite a few sets of words of wisdom. And as a result of that, much like in December of 2020, I came up with a show based on one of the listeners saying how much they enjoyed the Spear of the Week segment. I put that together based on some time that I didn't actually do anger spears. So... Today's show is primarily based on the words of wisdom. Now, plenty of people say that they're fun to hear every once in a while when I come out with them. Most of the time, they're just sort of sarcastic remarks that I like to say. And other ones actually do have meaning and are of value. Now... That all depends on who's listening to it and when it is taken into context. Most of the time, it's just funny to listen to. However, I have broken today's show down into different sections of these words of wisdom that I've used. And they're going to be in specific order. Sort of breaking the main event down a little bit. I'm going to do a couple from people who actually gave me wisdom and true wisdom, true words that they actually spoke and had some meaning and were fun, some of them, and other ones are very, very serious. Um, I'm also going to go into some honorable mentions. Yes, I know most of the time when anyone does honorable mentions, those usually come at the end of the show. However, I feel that the honorable mention should come second. Following that, I'm going to go into some of the words of wisdom that I've taken down and put some time into that I eventually think that would serve me as a nice little fun poke at people if I were to use those words of wisdom in general conversation, but I haven't had the chance to. Things that I'd like to say, but I haven't gotten the opportunity to in the flow of general conversation. Now, finally, finally, my fourth part of this show is, in truth, things that I did actually say, and I'm going to preface that with, I also posted some of these on social media, which, of course, would be me saying them on social media. It may not have been audibly, but they were definitely out there, and those ones are very near and dear to my heart because I actually used these in context in a situation to people and they were very appropriate at the time for the situation and I think that a lot of those ones that are up there in section three things that I want to say will have merit if the opportunity is there to use them what say you Some people have a lot of sarcasm, and some people think that that's one of the things that I do. And 
in jest mostly, but it is what I do from time to time, especially when the situation happens to call for it. Now, it turns out that Miss Aurora, my daughter, she's on the sly as well. She can throw out some things from time to time. And since I've already done a second show with my son, Matthew, it's pretty obvious that sometime before the two-year mark comes along, I'm going to have shows with both Maggie and Aurora. And everyone in the house would have had two shows. And that's how that's going to go about. And of course, my daughter already came up with her words of wisdom, and I've already got them set and ready for her to use when the time comes, which shouldn't be long. But for now, I think that this show is going to be, it could be fun, as long as I structured it and follow my structure, I think I'm going to get through this and you're going to probably like it. Also, at the same time, these would probably make very good shirts. But the main event is now. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Today's show is the Words of Wisdom. Now, I've been doing this show since 2021. And I've ended each show with Words of Wisdom that I came up with. Just some sort of funny remark that would be interesting to say in context and more so would make what I would consider a really cool t-shirt. Now the idea of course inspired me by a couple t-shirts that I actually purchased and I definitely got them from big box stores and I enjoyed the quote so much that I found it really funny and I think to myself there have been times when I've said things that at the end of the day would make really good shirts. And so, ultimately, these quotes, or words of wisdom as I like to call them, are pretty much a spawn of that idea of shirts that I've actually purchased. Um, And I've given myself yet a third, a fifth segment, which is coming up before the other ones. Now here it is. These are absolutely 100% none of these that I came up with. These are all from shirts that I purchased. over the years one of them is be kind to your children because they're going to be picking out your nursing home got that shirt i also have one that says nope not today really a good one to walk around with especially if you're not really feeling yourself and then my personal favorite shirt that i own it says i can explain it to you but i can't understand it for you those are really cool shirts So now I've actually given myself another segment by going into the shirts that I own, but none of them, I actually came up with those sayings. Those are great. I'm really glad that I found them and I enjoyed them. And the people who came up with those brilliant ideas, hopefully they've inspired me to be able to get my ideas on some shirts. Now, I'm going to go into some good people who I knew who came up with some very interesting pieces of information. And I think that these are all very good. I'm going to give you a little context, but not many because I've got a lot of these to go through. And I'm probably, I may not even get through all of them today. may end up doing a second Words of Wisdom, depending upon how many that I can get through now. If I get through a relatively good now, well, then we'll just call it a show, you know.
we're going to start with some words that I got from the husband of my kid's babysitter from years ago. Mr. Kevin Graves just was a great conversation. Good man. I always enjoy talking to him whenever I got a chance. And the thing that he said to me one time when I was picking up the kids was just the greatest thing. One of the greatest things I've ever heard. He said, if you're the smartest person in the room, leave the room. Think about it. Think about it. Sometimes people want to be the smartest person in the room so they can show off and do whatever. But when it comes right down to it, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're going to be the person who's teaching. You're not going to gain anything from it. So it's better to just go somewhere else where you can find someone smarter than you to instill some more intelligence into you. Brilliant. I love it. Every single time I think about it. Then comes a funny one from my grandmother's brother, William Sylvester. So he would be Uncle Bill to me. He would say every year, and I've been saying it every year that I've done this show, and even on social media, I've been posting it whenever I remember, um... When New Year's comes around, he would always say, don't drink and drive because the life you save might be mine. Miss that man. And that's one of the funniest things. He made always got to laugh at everybody in the church. But at the same time, well, hey, <laughs> I agree. Don't drink and drive because the life you save could be mine. You never know. Now, last but absolutely not least, from the good people who I've known, one of the best quotes that I've ever received and never learned. It gets me to the point where I utilize this a lot. I've used it in work, at home, everywhere. And it's really something that I do all the time. It's from Reverend Richard I. Bell, formerly of Mount Zion Baptist Church. He has passed on. And what he said to me one day when I was over his house just studying with him he told me think about what you want to say before you say it so you say exactly what you mean to say it took me a little while to really figure it out maybe a couple months to a year and I started realizing you know what in the process of talking to people when you get mad it's like don't just splurt out anything. No, no, no. Sometimes, even in conversations that are just not even argumentative, it's just certain things that are going on, I'll just completely stop talking. It almost makes people feel uncomfortable. But what I'm doing is I'm gathering my thoughts so that I say the exact words that I mean to say, be them positive, be them negative, I will have no uh, shame in what I say because I would have thought about it. I'd have reconciled it with myself, and the words that are going to be coming out of my mouth are exactly what I intend to say. And because of that, especially in the last several years, I've been able to get my point across exactly the way that I wanted to get across. There is no mincing words and it's exactly what I mean to say it might be upsetting it might be funny it might be entertaining and it might be enlightening but whatever I say is exactly what I intend to okay not trying to go 
too rushed, but I think that I'm doing okay on time, so I think I'm going to continue at this pace. I'm going to now move to these words of wisdom that I've come up with that I have used in my shows that are honorable mentions. These things would make fairly decent shirts, I think, and I think they're just mostly entertaining and that's why I say them, because I ask myself whenever I come up with these things, would I put that shirt on? And the answer to these honorable mentions is absolutely, without question, I would buy this shirt. And hopefully someday somebody else might buy it too. First one I got here is, I was such a good person all year long last night. I had a dream that I was visited by three ghosts. Of course, everybody knows where the three ghosts come from in the whole Christmas Carol thing. You know how that goes. It's kind of interesting. It's an honorable mention. I think it's fun. Another good one is, your farming skills are so bad, you couldn't even keep dirt alive in a drought. Self-explanatory, I think. Remember, these are all honorable mentions. I think these are good. It is as enjoyable as taking in the sights while being given a ride to a funeral in the back of a hearse. Now think about it. If you're the one who's being given the ride in the back of the hearse, taking in the sights is probably not your first priority because usually you're sealed up and not really there not going to be the most pleasant trip wouldn't you say because you're essentially going to your own funeral you can't get insight from someone who has their eyes closed now thinking of it in that perspective you know, somebody wants to tell you all kinds of things, but if your eyes are closed, not literally, but figuratively to subjects, you're not going to be able to give anybody any kind of inspiration if you're not really focused on whatever it is that you're trying to express. In other words, you kind of got to watch who you're talking to. Now, this is one that's kind of interesting, and I never really thought about it until just recently. I mean, you know the old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words? I kind of came off of that a little bit, because with all the screens and things that are going on today, this just really came up to my mind. Like, a picture is really life's pause button, because you're in a moment, and you take that picture, and that moment... Is just paused. Now, after the picture's taken, you move on and do whatever you're doing, but that picture, that moment, is there in time, paused, waiting for you to do whatever you're going to do after it, never going to get back what was happening before it. Just that moment is paused. I think it's pretty cool to think about that. Uh, your clothes have been... Your closet has been stocked by a blind man who went on a shopping spree during a power outage. Now, this one, as soon as I thought about it, it just made me laugh hysterically. Because I've seen some 
crazy people walking around with some very odd items. In fact, one day, in fact, no, I'm going to save that one for a story. Because I have a story episode coming up, I'll use that one as a story. Wholeheartedly. Will. Um, you're as full as, oh no, my mistake. Wrong one. Let me get rid of that. Okay. Now that we got rid of that old one, I didn't want to use that one. Um, but the one I do want to use is, you're as useful as a headrest on a footstool. Think about that. If you had a footstool and it had a headrest, what good would the headrest be? It would be completely useless. And that's just pretty much how I think about the person who I would say that to. Totally useless. Now here comes one for the very ambitious people that I know. The aim of your ambition is so low, an ant has to duck to get underneath it. An ant. Itty bitty tiny little ant. Your ambition is that low that an ant has to duck down as low as the ant is in order to get underneath your expectation. That's probably less than the thickness of a piece of paper. That's that's pretty bad. Anyone who fits that category certainly could do better for themselves. Or at least you hope they could. And here's one that I kind of used, but not often. Uh, I, it, I put it in perspective. I changed it to, make, to fit my own purposes. And I think it would make a better shirt that way if I would ever get around to it. You're so cheap to cut costs. You use both sides of a sheet of toilet paper. I don't really think I have to elaborate any more on that. Um, here comes another one that's in the honorable mention section. Here it is. That is as good as an idea as opening a gun range for the blind on a busy intersection. Why not, right? Why not? Sometimes I've heard ideas when I was working in different places and they were just as intelligent as that. Just really a great thing. Really good stuff that's going to make the company money and it's going to make everything more efficient. Yeah, just as smart as opening up that gun range for the blind on a busy intersection. It's a great idea. And here's one that's just kind of funny. It uh, makes me think a little bit. It's a little Bible. But at the same time, that's what makes it good. Because it's about some age of some people sometimes. You're so old. If you were an inmate, your first cellmate would have been Adam and Eve's son, Cain. And of course, we know he committed the first murder. So essentially, he would have been the first inmate, in theory, if there were jails at the time. And if I'm saying that you're his cellmate, that means you're really old. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I got all the ones I need to get here. I do. Okay. Alright. Next. These are things that I would like to say in context if they happen to roll around in conversation. Yes. 
I'm that guy. If I'm talking to you in a conversation and I'm feeling the right vibe and the things are moving in such a way that I feel I can slip in a jab, these would be some of my top jabs that I would want to use. And I've already used them as words of wisdom. And when I thought about them, they just made me think, yeah, you know, in the words of the late great Gorilla Monsoon, professional wrestler, love that guy. Some of these people that I've met would resemble that remark. <laughs> the first one here is, your bag of tricks has a hole in it. Yeah. Your bag of tricks has a hole in it. Eventually doing something, I would be able to work that in somewhere around the way. Another good one. If you had a superpower, it would not, it would not be minding your own business. Everybody knows a person who absolutely would not have that superpower of being able to mind their own business. It would be the complete reverse. It would be their kryptonite, in a sense, because they couldn't mind their own business. They're always looking to get in everybody else's this business, and it's just a pain. Everybody can't stand people like that. Eventually... That one's probably going to come up in conversation. Um, here's another good one. That I'm thinking it could be used for sure. You're so disliked. If you're walking down the street and you trip, the sidewalk would move so it wouldn't catch you. Not even the sidewalk would want to have anything to do with you. Because you're just that much of a jerk or just irritating, annoying, something like that. You just, even the sidewalk would get out of the way. You're on your own. Here comes one that I've said every once in a while, but not in a serious manner, but I can imagine doing it so. You're as sharp as a deflated beach ball. Don't think there's anything sharp about a beach ball to begin with, and it's even less sharp when it's deflated. How wonderful. How wonderful. Here comes a good one. And anyone who's in Philly who's listening or in the surrounding areas probably would understand this. If you don't, at the end of it, I'm going to explain a little further. Um... You are as welcome to my house as a jewel thief is to 8th and Walnut in Center City, Philadelphia. Now, anybody who's from Philly or in the surrounding areas might have an idea of what that means and realize just how much I don't want that person around my house. If you knew anything about 8th and Walnut years ago, there was many commercials that used to come on when I was a kid about... uh. A jewelry store called Diamonds 8th and Walnut. So it's a jewelry store on one corner of 8th and Walnut. Now on the other corner, you must have heard the more recent ads about Steven Singer. I hate Steven Singer. He is also a jeweler. So in that general area, that's really the um, the um, a real main hub for jewelry stores in Philadelphia. There's a lot of really big ones that, that have a lot of inventory and they do a lot of really good stuff. So if I'm going to tell you that I don't want you, I want you at my house as much as a jewel thief is invited to 8th and Walnut, that means I don't want any part of you. Moving on. 
You must be deaf because you can't hear when common sense is being spoken. Moving on. (laughs) I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. And it would certainly come up in conversation, I imagine, if I had an opportunity to say it. It would probably go over very well in a crowd anyway. Um, You lie so much to cure your problems, you must be allergic to the truth. Meaning that somebody, you know, it's usually very dishonest most of the time. That they can't help themselves but lie. So clearly they must be in a situation where they must get like a rash or itch whenever they tell the truth. So they just don't do it. Um, This is the words of wisdom from last week's episode, actually. And I think that it will definitely apply to some of the people that I've met from time to time. You've been filling your cereal bowl with paint chips. As we know, paint chips, lead, not a good thing. Does some serious problems to your brain. And I think that there are certainly a lot of people, again, you, Grill Monsoon, who resemble that remark. Next one. (sighs) this is always a little bleak and it works for certain people if you look at it in the right way they say the eyes are the window into the soul when I look at you it would seem the blinds are shut you have no soul or at least Your soul was very bleak. And we're going to get to one like that, actually, in the ones that I actually did use. (laughs) I actually did use something very similar to that. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, It's like being rescued from a plane crash in the ocean by a sinking ship. You ever been in those situations where somebody's talking you to death and you're really just tired of listening to them? And then somebody you know comes by and they're just as bad as a person that you're trying to get away from. There's no winning there. It's like the plane is crashed and here you are in the middle of the ocean and here comes a boat, but it's sinking. But they're willing to pick you up and put you on it. That's just exactly what you want. Might as well have just died in the plane crash, right? Mm-hmm. Might as well just stay there and deal with the devil you know, the one who's going to annoy you to death at the time, as opposed to just moving on to somebody else who's just going to annoy you. There is literally no win. Uh, Let's see. Talking to you is like driving a car without the keys. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Um... This is one that I'm probably going to get to use. Hopefully not with any employees that I ever have. That would just be an ultimate downer if I have to tell them. You have failed to exceed my low expectations. That's sad. My expectations were very low of you to begin with, and you failed to exceed those, which is really bad. Hopefully that never happens. Although, although, 
from time to time, I imagine it's something that would happen. Wow, I'm moving these around because these are some, these four that are coming up are probably four of my favorites. And if they ever do come up in conversation, I'm probably going to have a hard time keeping a straight face when I say them. Uh, first one, if our verbal battle of wits had physical weapons, I would have a Scottish claymore and you would have a pushpin. Meaning that I would be just superior slinging the battle of wits at you. Think about it. I just ran through about 35 of these words of wisdom. And of these words of wisdom, only three of them I didn't write. All the rest so far I have written. These are all mine, with the exception of the first three. Uh, in fact, the exception of the first six, the two segments before. I didn't come up with any of that, but all these other ones I did. So... You would have to be pretty, pretty sharp in order to battle me in a battle of wits. And I think that there's some of the people who I have jousted with from time to time really are just using a push pen. And I've got a big old claymore and I'm just slugging them to death. It's crazy. Um, here comes a fun one. You're as useful as an illiterate librarian. Do I have to elaborate? as how useful an illiterate librarian would be. Don't think so. Here's one I'd love to use, but that would require somebody to just aggravate me to a point of no return. Here it comes. They're going to start calling me the evangelist because I'm about to lay hands on you. <laughs> that one still gets me a laugh every single time I think about it. They're going to call me. They're about to start calling me the evangelist because I'm about to lay hands on you. <laughs> oh, boy. That's when things get a little awry, I would say, huh? Well, boy, the evangelist because I had to lay hands on someone, huh? Man. And here comes another one. That would be very tough for me to say with a straight face, but at the same time, if I'm going to say it, it has to be done with a straight face. Being totally upfront when I say this to somebody. And I almost said it a few times while at my current job, but I held back. And eventually one day when I tell you what my current job is, it'll make you really think, what kind of an individual are you to say that in your place of work? But anyway, this one is probably one of my favorites that I haven't gotten to use. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, when I get to, like I said, I'm going to have to be completely stone-faced, 100% deadpan when I say it. I'm telling you the truth, because I don't like you enough to lie to you. Think about that. And when I first came up with it, it, it hit me kind of deep, because realistically... The type of people that sometimes lie to others, especially the people that they like, people they care about. Sometimes they'll just lie to them and tell them things that they think might hurt their feelings. And that would mean, really, if I'm telling you the truth because I don't like you enough to lie to you, I don't think enough of you to care what you think about me to tell you a lie, to cushion the blow. I, I just don't care. I, in fact, I, I want whatever impact it's going to have to have that impact. I have no concern how you feel. This is just simply what it is. 
Whereas if you were somebody that I cared a little bit about, maybe I would kind of cushion the blow and throw a little white lie out there a little bit more because I don't want you to feel as bad. But I'm telling you, I don't care about you enough that I would tell you that I promise you I'm telling you the truth because I don't care about you. That's a special kind of truth, isn't it? Boy, that really is. Now that I'm done with those, I'm going to go to things that I actually did in some context say. Now, there aren't very many of these, so this isn't going to take very long. I might elaborate a little bit more on some of them because some of these, because I actually got to use them, made me feel a little bit more connected to these statements than I would of any of the others. I'm going to start with this one, and I'm going to give you some context. Uh, a couple years ago, had to get rid of a couple of cats, and I had to take them to the animal shelter. Now, the animal shelter didn't accept the cats. They said, well, you need to have this, you need to have that. Problem was, it was in a situation that we were leaving and moving into the new house. We weren't going to take the cats with us, and we couldn't keep them in the rental place, obviously. So, fortunately, I was able to give the cats to a little girl who was looking for some cats with her mother's approval. But what I did was I wrote a review because I've been doing one of those um, reviews on all kinds of stuff. I've been, In fact, this is what I've been doing for a few years, and I still do it from time to time. I have... Um, on the Google reviews, I've been doing a lot of them. I've gotten several, several people looking at my reviews. Um, thousands, not even going to lie. I've gotten some pictures that gotten some, some notoriety. Couple. I wish that my show here had as many people's interest as my reviews have had. And boy, this one got plenty of interest. Um, it, it was directed to the um the animal shelter that I tried to take the cats to. And I'm not going to go into the entire statement. I'm just going to go into the smallest section at the very end because this is the part that tied the whole thing together. I was just so aggravated about what that animal shelter, so-called animal shelter, did that was supposed to be the people who were supposed to protect animals the whole time. And I got to the end of my statement after ranting and raving about how bad they were. And I said about those people, you are soulless, dead inside husks that may or may not have been warm-blooded human beings. And that was probably the most heartfelt thing I had to do because, man, I had to get rid of my buddies. And like I said, fortunately, somebody was able to take them. And if they weren't, I would definitely be in a very bad way against those people. Not that I already wasn't. But man, that absolutely was an issue that was um, problematic for me. And I do not endorse that particular animal shelter in any way. And boy, I, I just... Mm, mm. Some of the things I said apart that from that was you'd be better leaving your animals out on the street than taking them to an animal shelter. I really went into it. I really did. 
but that was what I said. I'm gonna read that one one more time. You are a dead in. You are dead in. Oh no, sorry. You are soulless, dead inside husks that may or may not have been warm-blooded human beings. Period. Now, speaking of dead inside husks, yes, I'm living in the city of Philadelphia, and yes, I am not an Eagles fan. And after you who've listened to my last shows in the month of January know that I am, in fact, a 49ers fan who was just outraged by the fact that in the first series, Brock Purdy got injured, and that was the end of the game. There was no more game to be played. And he there was nobody. He couldn't throw the ball physically. The other quarterback was useless, and the game was over because there was nobody who could throw the ball. But all the Eagles fans were just embracing, oh my goodness, the 49ers, they're, they're not as good as they were. Well, hey, they were great if they had somebody who could physically throw the football. In my opinion, that game would have gone the other way. It would have been not a blowout for the Eagles, but it would have been a close win for the 49ers, who would have gone on to beat the Chiefs, just to let you know. Revenge is a dish best served cold, and they definitely would love to have gotten revenge on Kansas City. But getting off of that soapbox, for all those Eagles fans, I posted online in the middle of my verbal jousts to them because of all the excitement that they were having about their victory over a team that literally had no quarterback. They might as well just played with 10 players on offense instead of the 11 that they're supposed to have for my international audience. In football, there's supposed to be 11 players on both offense and defense. And the 49ers had their 11th player was totally useless. He might as well not even have been there. So what I posted for these Eagles fans was, you're as proud of yourselves as a fighter who knocked out an opponent that was born with no arms and no legs. Which is pretty much what the 49ers were. Sitting ducks. No arms, no legs, chin exposed, can't block for nothing. And those Eagles fans were very proud of themselves for beating the 49ers. But fortunately for me, and as much as I enjoyed it, they got their comeuppance by Kansas City. Now, I personally wanted them to lose by one point. Because... I think that getting blown out, it doesn't hurt as bad as being in a position where you almost won, but just couldn't quite get there. And that's what happened to them. A field goal, they lost by three, where I was hoping it was only going to be one. But it was still sweet to me, because the Eagles were in a position where they couldn't stop the clock. They could only watch as a very easy field goal was put through the uprights, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And the only thing the Eagles could do was just that watch. It, there's nothing they could do. Absolutely nothing. And I enjoyed every second of that. I just did. It was just the greatest thing that I've ever seen since the 94 Super Bowl win. Okay. Now, a more recent one that I've used from time to time is when I get in situations that are just, just terrible. I really don't want to be a part of, and I've actually said this on more than one occasion, these next two, 
and they're both in those kind of, well, I've said both of them a lot of times, and this one is, this is as much fun as getting a rectal exam from a doctor who is wearing a 40 grit sandpaper glove. Let that sink in. If you don't really know much about sandpaper, there is all kinds of grades. Now, when you talk about really fine sandpaper, when we start talking about 2000 and better than that, the stuff is gritty, but it's real smooth and gritty. You can't see very much, but you know that if you start rubbing it against wood, it's going to it's going to take away the wood, but it's going to be very, very fine. You use that stuff to finish with. If you're about to, um, let's say, painting a car, and use that real fine sandpaper to get some of those last little things, and you're going to do your next things. You're going to use that real fine sandpaper to get that last little bit of smoothness before you um, apply a finish to wood. But now 40 grit sandpaper... That's pretty much at the very roughest edge you could possibly get. That stuff is so rough and is so gritty that you can actually see the pieces of sand that are on the paper. They stick, stick out. They're exposed and they're real rough. Like you could take that fine sandpaper and rub your finger across it and it, it, it almost feels like a gentle rub where you just feel a little resistance where that 40 grit sandpaper... Man, that stuff will tear your knuckles up if you rub it against it too hard. It's nasty. So just imagine having a glove, a glove that is full of that real thick, rough sandpaper and getting a rectal exam. Would not be a pleasant experience in any way. In any way. Now here comes another one that I got to use on more than one occasion. Where something bad would happen to somebody and they just seem to be in a little bit of shambles and it kind of gets a laugh most of the time whenever I get to use it and it's because the situation's bad enough where it's not life or death but it's something that they would rather not have had to deal with and I'm listening to them and I'm like well you know my words of wisdom for you would be I would have told you that that was going to happen but my crystal ball is in the shop you know the old crystal ball from the um, the psychics so I could have seen the future and let you know that that was going to happen but mine was broken it's in the shop it's getting fixed I would say that from time to time and I get a laugh out of people it's like yeah I would have let you know I would have told you but my crystal ball is in the shop sorry <laughs> I've actually said that several times and the first time I ever said it was literally it's not one of those things that I wrote down and just was waiting for the opportunity it just like the sandpaper um, gloves and rectal exam, that just came out spontaneously, and I just was able to use it. And it got a kick out of things, and it's fun. Now, the very last one is sort of a mantra that I used when I was sick in 2003 with sarcoidosis and just out of energy and tried to do some workouts in order to try to build myself anything. When I would take walks, when I would do some crunches, and I would, at a point, I would do thousands of crunches a day. Like, I would do crunches as soon as I got up, crunches after I 
before I ate lunch, I would do crunches and I would take a walk. I would then do crunches before dinner and I do crunches before bed. I do at least four sessions of crunches after a certain point of time. And I would make sure that in those sets of crunches, I would do somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 500 in each set. Count them off by 20, but I do three to 500 crunches in those sets. And that was starting to happen once we started talking about August before that. It was just brutal because when I first started in May, after I got sick and came out of the hospital, I could do maybe three or four. And then I got to the point where I could do 10. And I'm talking about not in individual sets before breakfast, lunch, dinner, all day long, I would do 10. That would be it. And then I got to the point where I would do, like I said, three to 500, depending on how I felt. Sometimes I do three, sometimes I do four, sometimes I do five, and I would do them four times a day. So let's just say that if I was feeling really good that day, because sarcoidosis, I had ups and downs. I'd have days where I felt great, and I'd have days I felt, well, not really great, but I'd have days where I felt better, and I'd have days where I felt terrible. And on those terrible days, I'd force myself to crank out 300 in each of those sessions and walk maybe a mile before lunch so on a really bad day i would force myself to do about 1200 on a good day when i felt better i should say i would do somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 to 2000 crunches in a day and boy those felt great because i would have a couple of those in a row and then bang i'd be right back down to where i wasn't feeling that great again but the whole time, I kept repeating these thing in my mind, and sometimes I would say it out loud. <laughs> and I would do it every single time when I started getting really tired. I would definitely say this over and over and over again. I will not stop. I will never stop. And I kept it up, and I kept saying it, and I focused on it. And it got me through some really nasty, nasty, tough, difficult times. I will not stop. I will never stop. And that's the last one of those things that I actually did in fact say. But now as far as this goes, I will not stop. I will never stop. Not with this show or this main event. In fact, I'm about to stop the main event right now. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for the Spear of the Week. As I record this, Literally the week before this episode comes out, I looked out the window after my wife was telling me to just have a look at what was going on. There was a man who was sort of limping back to his house that I caught. My wife told me that he was trying to get close to a dog that a guy was walking. Now, the guy pulled the dog back real hard. And then the guy kept walking by, and I'm like, well, in my mind originally, I thought to myself, this guy must have just been some creeper trying to pet some guy's dog. That doesn't make any sense. Originally, I said maybe the guy should have just told the dog to bite the guy. Upon further inspection, however, turns out that this guy was letting his dog walk on that guy's land, doing his business, pooping and peeing. 
guy didn't pick up anything. He just let the dog poop and was content. Now, the guy then walked across the street from that guy. Could see all this outside my window, my house, front door. The guy then hops into a vehicle that's parked in in an area that typically nobody parks in. Puts his dog in the car. Turns around in the street. And proceeds to drive away. So, what this guy essentially did was left his house, walked his dog in our neighborhood, let it poop all over the place, and then drove away. Without question, this guy deserves the spear of the week. Mister, if you're going to let your dog poop somewhere, let him poop all over your place. Don't go doing it in somebody else's area. And even worse, you just decided to hop in your car and drive to somebody else's neighborhood and do it. That's just wrong all kinds of ways. So without a doubt, dude who took his dog out of his neighborhood to come to my neighborhood to walk it and then leave, you are absolutely the spear of the week. Well, I'm going to finish up today with the words of wisdom episode. My theory behind that is, hey, words are only wise if you listen to them. You can tell anybody anything, but if they're not paying any attention, it really doesn't matter. Um, talk to me on Twitter, at PissedPhil, two L's, or, or Instagram, Philip Henderson, 5102 and then of course as always I push it worse than I could possibly push anything join us become part of the Facebook group the lip Facebook group it's not just my group it's our group our group now on normal occasions this is when I would go into giving words of wisdom but for the first time I'm going to avoid that. There will be no words of wisdom. I gave you essentially 35 different (laughs) pieces of wisdom throughout the main event. I think you could get something out of that. But don't worry. Next week, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. And there will be one more piece of wisdom dispensed. But as for now, this show is coming to a close. My name is Phil, and you have just listened to The Lip.